0: producing audio for every need, and Greta Pope Entertainment, for the finest in entertainment. Hey there, and welcome to the Business Savvy Singer podcast. I'm very excited today because I am talking with a man by the name of Scott Hildebrand. Scott is a singer-songwriter and a multi-instrumentalist, whose music pulls from genres such as the Chicago blues of his hometown, as well as indie folk, Americana, and rock and roll. Through his musical journeys, he strives to inspire open-mindedness and ignite the adventurous flame in the hearts of his listeners. And he certainly does that. It's very exciting. Hi, Scott. Thanks so much for being with us today. How are you?
1: Uh, Thank you so much, Greta. Thanks for having
0: me. I'm so excited. This is just so thrilling. I'm going to tell our listeners that um, I know some people that Scott is um, neighbors uh, with in the Chicago area, his parents' home. And it so happens that I am neighbors with them at my lake home. So we were just saying what a small world it is and it truly is. So
1: nice. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So you're talking to us from Berlin, Germany today, and we appreciate you taking the time for this visit. So we want to know all about your journey. How? Well, let's start at the very beginning. How did you start playing music? How were you first exposed to music?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, When I was eight years old, I wanted to play drums, actually. And my parents didn't want to hear me banging around on drums, I guess. So they were like, oh, what about guitar? And I had it in my head. I was like, I want to be a drummer. And they so they um, asked my neighbor, not the clocks, but another neighbor, if I could borrow the guitar, um, this acoustic guitar. And I started getting lessons. And I really loved the guitar. But, yeah, it took a few years before I really, I was, I was really bad for many years. Like, I was, I'm not a natural Definitely not a natural musician at the beginning. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's and true for most people. It takes some practice and some experience yeah. to get good. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That's true. Yeah. And then I, I went through a few different teachers, and then I found a teacher when I was maybe twelve, I think, that I loved so much, and he uh-huh. taught me about blues and classic rock and wow, you know, a little bit of jazz, and that kind of opened my mind. And that's and then I started singing a few years after. And just in high school bands and songwriting a little bit at 15. And, and then from there, just, yeah, ukulele, harmonica, yeah. a few other instruments. And,
0: that yeah. is so wonderful. You know, teachers are so important um, yeah. in any field, but particularly in music. You know, when they can model uh, what you're supposed to be doing and and encourage you and just get you excited yeah. about it. It's so important.
1: Yeah, it's so, and I was actually listening to one of your other podcasts too, and you mentioned, um, like, exposure is everything, and it's so true, like, if I wasn't exposed to the the blues, I don't know if I would still be a musician, you know, who knows, Yeah. so it's interesting, you know, just by luck or chance, who knows, it's interesting, yeah, because I was into, you know, 90s, whatever, punk stuff before, and it really changed my whole perspective on music and songwriting and jamming and learning about that stuff.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything that we're exposed to really makes a difference in our sensibility about music. It's wonderful. So So when did you decide to be a professional musician?
1: Yes. So it's kind of a long, crazy story, but just to make it as short as I can, I was teaching English in South Korea Oh my! after college. So I studied sociology. I didn't study music. And I always thought music was just my hobby and I secretly wanted to do it full time professionally, but I thought, you know, I I kind of bought into the society of like musicians never can survive as musicians of the classic yep. thing, which I think is not true at all. Yeah. But I, yeah. I bought into it. And so I, I never took it serious or thought I could take it like seriously in a career sense. Yeah. And then I was teaching English in South Korea. And I think sometimes when you leave your own society, you can invent yourself however you want to. Yeah. So I found myself in a different culture completely and I was all of a sudden I'm the blues musician from Chicago, <laughs> even though <laughs> in in Elmhurst, Illinois, I don't really feel like I'm a blues musician from Chicago, but <laughs> abroad, that's like what I am, you know? So <laughs> it's interesting. That's and, um, great. Yeah. And so I started playing uh, in a funk band and I started street performing and I joined an Irish band, which I didn't know anything about Irish music until I met my friend and long story short, I started doing a lot of music and also street performing. I started doing that and writing, getting more confident in performing my original songs live solo. And I just got the confidence over shows and shows and shows. And then I I slowly was like, okay, maybe I can do this. I started learning about, you know, making my own website, making my own YouTube (laughs) stuff and growing all these platforms. That's and I great. just and I got a job and can, I heard you, I heard your first episode too. I also got a job in an amusement park <laughs> for um for a little bit, and just yeah, learning and growing. And then suddenly I was like, okay, I can do this. And I was making enough just to, you know, pay rent and survive. So yeah. I switched from teaching after two and a half years to just straight music, and ever since then I've been only music.
0: Wow, that is fantastic. You know, sometimes we just yeah. need to have that that. Other input you know maybe from yeah. another culture or from just other people in general to say you really are good you you could do this you just have to have the confidence yeah. to get out there and and do it yeah it's so true yeah that's wonderful wonderful you know I was going to ask you how you ended up in Seoul Korea and you've you've given us all of that information that's fantastic yeah. It's fantastic So yeah. you're living in Berlin now. How yes. has that been during the pandemic? What it, what what was work like there? Was anything going on? Was yeah. it shut down as much as as the United States?
1: Yeah. So, so I was actually really lucky because before the pandemic, um, I went to Sri Lanka and I was doing an Asian tour in 2019. Wow. And with my girlfriend, who's now my girlfriend, we're also a duo called Scott and Lila, ah. and we write songs together. And so we did a tour. We, we had uh, gigs booked in Korea because I go back every year and still... Play the same venues that I love playing and see my friends and everything, and um, Korea, Japan, and just Sri Lanka in the beginning, and um, then the pandemic happened. So we're like, okay, we will. We decided to stay actually, and it was everyone was telling us like, you know, take these flights home. There's one last flight, yeah, and blah blah blah, all these things, and um, we decided to stay. And um, it was a really good decision because we ended up writing a bunch of songs there and surfing. And um yeah, so we got lucky. We stayed there for ten months. sorry. Wow. <laughs> Don't open the door. But um yeah, we stayed there for ten months during during the pandemic. And um we wrote a bunch of songs and then we came back to Berlin in um in the late summer. So things were open in Germany more, but then things closed down from yeah. December until uh, April of last year yeah. in Germany. Yeah. And it's been—it was pretty hard because yeah, my full income was music, but
0: yeah,
1: what we did, um, my partner and I, we we just street performed actually, and we street performed in in a um, very secret way because it was illegal, but <laughs> also in a safe way. We we would play and we would tell everyone, you know, please keep your distance, keep your masks on, and it yeah. was actually very safe. Like people were walking in the park; it was the same as that, wow. and no one came, came close. And it was really beautiful actually because people hadn't heard music in how, who knows how uh. long and they really re- responded so well to it and tipped us so we made a living to, you know, survive and yeah. do well.
0: And, yeah, that's wonderful. You know, I, I interviewed uh, another woman, Melaine Launay, from Paris, and she was saying uh, the same thing that they did like street performances and people were so grateful for yeah. that music. People really needed music. And some kind of human connection during that time. It's so true. Yeah.
1: It was, I've never felt anything like that. Like the, yeah. the response of people. Yeah. People would come up daily every time we would bust. People would come crying, yeah. like, "I haven't heard live music," and, and it shows you how important live music is because YouTube can only go so far. You know, I love YouTube, That's but right. at some point, we need that. There's other things involved that is just not that aren't just hearing it. You know, it's being in that space. You know, dancing and smiling and sharing this connecting connecting really
0: you know that's right that's right it's so important i had a performance myself last year at the alliance française in chicago and it was an outdoor oh, nice. thing in their courtyard and one woman sat there and about 10 minutes into the performance she just started boo-hooing she started really wow. crying and i you know I could understand what she was feeling because I was feeling yeah. that myself. And then after the show, she just came up and kept saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I said, it's okay. I understand. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that the music was, was able to touch you that way. People just yeah. needed it so much. It's a, yeah. It's
1: like healing. When you, hear, yeah. when you see those things, you realize how important it is in our yeah. society, in our life. Yeah. Beautiful.
0: Yeah. yeah. So now tell us about your rendition of the 1960s song, Eve of Destruction. You've had tremendous yeah. success with it. Tell us all about it.
1: Thank you. Yeah. So um, I record, it's actually, yeah, funny because when I was in South Korea, my friend Sung he, he goes by Jay as his stage name. We had a project called Scott and Jay and we just basically had fun. You know, we, we were, we played some shows together, but um, I was doing my solo thing and we, we always just once a week we would meet on Wednesdays mm-hmm. and we'd make videos and play until like six in the morning at his wow. house. <laughs> and it was really, really fun experience. We're still great friends. And um, yeah, it was just one of the songs that we recorded. We, we made a YouTube video and um, that was it. Yeah. I'm one of many that were on YouTube. That's wonderful. And then,
0: yeah. And then, and
1: didn't,
0: then like, wasn't yeah, there other success with it? I mean, something. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so then, then last year, twenty twenty, in the spring or something—I don't remember—I got an email that said, "Hey, um, there's this new like Netflix movie, Chicago Trial <laughs> of Seven, uh, seven and we we like your cover, we want to use it in our in our movie." And I was like, "Okay, this has to be kind of fake," <laughs> you know. You get emails like these things all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, "Okay, I'll I'll believe it when you know money comes into my account and blah blah." And it was real. Like they, they, I signed this contract. It was. Because I'm not the songwriter, it was it was the use of the masters, yeah. which is our version of it. And I think what, what was happening was they were just looking for this song, but the original was probably really expensive to, to use. So They're like, okay, yes. we'll find a cover. And I don't really know exactly how that works, how the original songwriter gets paid, I guess, somehow... But yeah, it was really interesting. So my so that version is in Chicago Trial and stuff. So.
0: Wow. Well, we will put a link to that on our in our show notes yeah. so people can can check that out. I mean, how fabulous is that? That's yeah. great.
1: And I'm on, I, what I'm happy about, too, is that now my name is on IMDb. So I think that hopefully, for because one of my goals as a musician is to have an original song as many, Ah. Original song in a movie because that's where it's really cool. Because then it's also I'm very happy to have the cover in there, but when you have an original song, that's a lot more income and that's a lot cooler. I think.
0: Oh yeah, and you will have. I'm sure that you will have. You you do some wonderful songwriting. As a matter of fact, you've recently won the Acorn Theater Singer Songwriter Competition. What has that been like? And what song did you win it with? And we will also put a link in our show notes to that song. Thank
1: you. Yeah, it was really, really lovely experience. Um, I had. It was just by chance that uh, I even played it because my mom actually told me. She said, "Hey, you should sign up for this. Uh, you're coming in town. It's the same dates." And I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. I've never played a songwriting competition before." And yeah, it was really lovely. It was just there was six six artists, and the the sad thing was that I was supposed to play it with my partner Lila, and she was supposed to come, and we were we are signed up as a duo actually and um we got accepted with our original songs together mm-hmm. and then uh the last like two days before we were going to fly to the u.s she couldn't come because of we didn't do our research well enough i guess oh. but the u.s wasn't opening its borders for europeans even though u.s people can go to europe which
0: is, yeah
1: uh, whatever so anyway I, I played it solo and played my own original songs and wow. um yeah and i played Serafina for the first song which um which is a, a song with a like, crazy story too And um, I wrote it for my friend and his girlfriend, who I met in India. And they were traveling all through India on a motorcycle and uh, asked me to write a song about their adventures. So I wrote that for them. Wow. And Yeah. And so I played that first. And then the second song I played is uh, another original called Mississippi River, which is um, a song about all the music that I love that came from Memphis back in the 60s. Kind of like an homage to, you know... Otis Redding, Elvis Presley, like basically Stax Records and yeah. Sunhouse Records where it was kind of the motif of the song. Wow. And yeah, and it was amazing. I didn't think I would win.
0: Wow. It, and
1: all the other contestants were so great too. It was such, a, such an awesome experience and it, and it was very, um, normally I don't like competitions with music and art. I think it's weird.
0: Yeah.
1: But I, I liked that they they made it very clear. They're like, all of you all are winners. You know, it's it's just this is what it is. You know, we're so happy to hear you all. And it was, everyone was very unique and amazing in their own way. So it was cool.
0: That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, congrats on that win. Fantastic. Yes. So tell us a little bit more about your project, Scott and Lila. Um, You mentioned her earlier. So, you know, I listened to a little bit of the music on your website. It's beautiful. Thank you so
1: much. Yeah. So, so we, um, yeah, we met in 2019 when I was street performing, so I just arrived to Berlin, and I was—I love street performing. I we street perform all the time. I think it's an incredible way to directly play in front of people. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I was playing, and I heard there was a big crowd of people, and it was this you know late night party area that I used to play at, and I heard someone singing with me in harmony.
0: Oh my god! And I
1: was like, wow, acoustic. I was playing with an amplifier but I heard someone's voice cutting through wow. and I see Leela over there to the right and she's just by herself singing and I, I kind of motioned for her, I was like this on my head and she just comes up and sings with me, she had never street performed before wow. and we sang in harmony and it was just like the crowd exploded, it was just wow. so right from that first note <laughs> wow. and we sang Valerie together by Amy Wynum and, yeah. and, we, and um, we sang for like two hours, it was crazy.
0: Wow. And then,
1: um, yeah, we got each other's information, and we at first we were just music music partners for a few whatever, and then suddenly, you know, slowly Uh, became lovers, like you know, boyfriend girlfriend. Everything. That's
0: very sweet. Yeah. So now
1: we've been writing songs ever since, and releasing. We've released six singles. Wow. And um, played so many shows. We just played a bunch of festivals just now, and we're about to release our full length album, our first, our debut album.
0: That's fantastic. Well, I hope that you will keep me posted because we certainly will uh, market that to our listeners, make sure that everybody knows when that comes out. Thank you so much. Yeah. So you've had a lot of wonderful experiences, travel, all kinds of things, playing different kinds of music. What advice would you give to musicians working today or to those who would like to be working in a professional arena. What are some of the the things that you have learned um, from the business?
1: Yeah. I think um, play out as much as possible, as much as you can, because the more you play, the more you learn. Every gig we learn Mm -hmm. something from. Mm -hmm. Every professional or, or anything, music situation, we learn so much. And I think... I re- really recommend street performing because it's a great way. It's very difficult in the beginning,
0: mm-hmm. and, but
1: it's a very great way to, you know, try things out and get comfortable singing in front of people because, yeah, for so many reasons, street performing mm-hmm. is incredible, I think. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I guess, yeah, recording. There's so many avenues that, are, yeah. that we have to build. You know, recording is such a great way to hear how you really sound and to be real with what you're, you can improve on and... Also, be, oh, yeah, it's a hard question. Also, <laughs> on the other sense, as you grow, know your worth if you're doing it full time. Yeah. Like, know which, which, which venues and which performance settings you can ask for a, a good amount of money or which ones are okay to take less because yeah. they're good. Like, you know, there's a, always a balance. Yeah. You know, for me now, I always say, like, I'll play any charity thing or something that I believe in, I'll play for free. I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. But if it's like something that's in another setting, then you have to know your worth and you have to ask yes. for, you know, cause you have to pay the bills and survive and live.
0: That's right. That's right. And that yeah. that's such an important thing is don't be afraid to ask for yeah. what you feel, you know, is a reasonable amount. You know, it's very yeah. important because you, you're making a living like this, Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's and, interesting. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just being, being the other side of creativity, you know, cause I feel like creativity is so important. And then the other side is so horrible, but you have to do it. The business side, you have to be a business person, even though it's it seems so for most artists, they're like, Oh, I don't want to do that. But I mean at the same yep. time, you could be a business person, but not a bad business person. You could be like in it's for the good of art That's and right. humanity. You just we live in a capitalist system, so we have to do that.
0: That's right. It's like a left brain, right brain thing. Yeah. But it's but it's important and and it's important for us to help Society to to understand our value, you know, for for, you know whether it's music or visual art or whatever, you know, people need to you know understand and and really appreciate and understand that people are making their living from these things.
1: It's so true, yeah. It's it's flipping that whole thing that we said in the beginning, like, like because so many people, even myself, in the beginning, like. So many people who are like, "Wait, oh, you can really make a living off that?" Or really like they don't see it. But you wouldn't ask a lawyer or a doctor like, right. "You can make a living off of like doing medicine." You know, it's, it's no different.
0: That's right. It's a skill that you learn to do and spend a lot of time learning to do. Yeah, that is it's deserving so of, of of a good living. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's yeah. interesting. I wonder why. Not in every country, but in most countries, it feels like
0: that. Yeah, you're right. It does. Yeah, I, I, I I don't really know why, but but I do know that you know back many uh, years ago that uh, the government in some countries would support artists. Yeah, like France. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So you know they provided a way. You know, and and we certainly have that kind of thing as well, like the National Endowment for the Arts and various other things mm-hmm. that um, help us to be able to. Uh, to make a living with music, but it's, you know, but it it is a struggle. It's a struggle. And and I think it's up to us as professional performers to continue to um, value what we do and to help other people value what we do. So true. Yeah. You know, I, I think I'll say one other thing. I think that that part of it too, is that when you make music, when you're a musician, you love it so much and you enjoy it so much that you're willing to do it for the sake of doing it you know and I think oftentimes that happens and and then people don't ask for money because they just love making the music they love the attention the adulation that they get from the crowd when they burst into applause or whatever when they you know so it's 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 kind of you know it's a little bit of a double-edged sword you know on one hand um we we kind of create that situation for ourselves, that unfortunate situation. Mm-hmm. So it's important for us to uh, to kind of develop the mindset that we have to um, yes. be asking for what yes. we feel we're worth. Yeah, so true.
1: And yeah. I actually have a friend who's a Berlin-based songwriter here, mm-hmm. and um, he has a really genius song called "Musicians Must Survive." <laughs> and it's re- a really funny song. It's kind of like. It's, yeah, it's really funny. Just t- saying about that, like this bar, trying to get them to play for free. Yeah. And, you know, how can we pay around? We can't pay around with free beers and like, <laughs> right. exposure and all these things. Right. And then at the end, at the end, they're like, should we do it? Okay, fine. <laughs> and then at the end, they end games. But it's, it's a uh, genius show. It's
0: That's very uh, That is very funny. That's very funny. Yeah. Musicians must survive. Yeah, the hidden keys. The hidden keys is his band. The hidden keys. But it's
1: exactly. It's every musician knows this. Like the exposure game, like whatever you get, all these
0: things for it. But yeah, that's very funny. Very funny. I will have yeah. to check that out. Yeah, yeah, maybe we can even put that in our show notes. You can let him know that you've you've talked about yes. him and you've oh, given he, him a shout he, out. Yes. So <laughs> Well, Scott, I want to thank you so, so much for being with us today. What a pleasure this has been. You are a wonderful musician, and I'm so happy to have had this opportunity to meet you and to chat with you. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's so lovely what you're doing and what you're spreading. It's incredible. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Scott. Have a great day. You too. Mm, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good news. We're partnering. The Business Savvy Singer podcast is delighted to be included in the NatsCast network. NatsCast is the official podcast network of the National Association of Teachers of Singing. It's an honor to be part of this community and have the opportunity to provide encouragement, education, and entertainment to singers everywhere. The Business Savvy Singer Podcast is brought to you by the private music Eternal Wolf Music, and Greta Pope Entertainment. Let us know if you know of a singer who is having great success in the music business. We'd love to share their story and their journey on this podcast. Send your emails to info at GretaPope.com. We've had a great time with you today. See you next time on the Business Savvy Singer podcast. The Business Savvy Singer.